Welcome to Latinos Who Tech. My name is Hugo Castellanos. I'm an engineer and I work in Silicon Valley. I am originally from Caracas, Venezuela, and I've been calling the U.S. home for the last 20 years. When it comes to Latinos in the U.S., we are 60 million people, but we're only 3% of the workers in science or engineering. As a professional in Silicon Valley, I've had the opportunity to meet some remarkable professionals that work in the tech industry, Latinos like me. With this podcast, I want to bring you a collection of their stories and how they got a job in tech in the first place. And if they had to start all over again, what would they do differently? I want to share with you career advice on how to get a job in tech, how to deal with imposter syndrome, how to find your tribe when you're the only one in the room. This is Latinos Who Tech. This episode of Latinos Who Tech is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the world's premium platform for audiobooks with over 150,000 titles. If you're like me, you're passionate about learning new things, but finding the time to read may be difficult. Audiobooks are a great alternative. You can get a free 30-day trial plus a free audiobook by going to audibletrial.com slash latinos. Go and support them since they support us. Thank you. Carlos Sarmiento, welcome to Latinos Who Tech. Hi, thank you. You go by Carlos? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. So you have a very distinguished name, Carlos Gustavo. That's yeah, a, a very I, distinguished. Yeah, I had a friend, uh, a common friend, Anna. She says it like telenovela mode every time she uses it. Carlos Gustavo. Yeah. Come here. Like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you, haven't, and you don't know my last name, but I'll leave it there. Gotcha. <laughs> so tell me a bit about yourself. Um, so, I mean, I'm... 31 years old. I'm a software engineer. Uh, I grew up in, I was born and I grew up in Venezuela. I moved to the Bay Area in September 2017 to work for Facebook. I, I spent uh, until that time in Venezuela working as a contractor, software company, you know, uh, remote, uh, near shore is, is the kind of thing they call. And, and I got an opportunity to come to the Bay and I said, like, of course. And, and now, now I'm here. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, so how do you get to to Facebook? I mean, because uh, it's such a huge company, and you were working at Caracas. And how do you bridge that gap? Because a lot of people they come to the U.S., they get a mas a master's degree, or like you bypass all that. Like, how do you do it, man? Uh, I I I got reached out through LinkedIn. To be honest with you, uh, I was uh, I, I remember it was twenty fifth of May, twenty seventeen. I remember the date. Mm -hmm. I got a message through LinkedIn from a recruiter, and he said, "Like, hey, would you be interested in working for for Facebook?" And yes, of <laughs> course, obviously. My, my reply was politer, <laughs> but that was like right. my first. And they were they were very gracious because, of course, you you have a pre screen call, and then like he's like, "Oh, you know, can can you work on the US?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah," uh, because I am. I identify myself as a Venezuelan because I've lived in Venezuela all my life, but I'm strictly speaking Mexican Venezuelan. So because my mom was born in Mexico, so I had the benefit of uh, NAFTA, 
to get to get a work authorization. So of course the recruiter didn't know that when he contacted me. Uh, I, I assumed they were trying to go through the H H one B process. But then he says like, oh, can you work in the states? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, okay, but but how? And I and I, I go into all these explanations. He's like, that's amazing. Like we have a recruiting event in three weeks uh, in Mexico City, and we're gonna fly you out to Mexico City so you can interview <laughs> in three weeks. And I'm like, it's amazing. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then I had to practice for my interviews. That's so great. That's so great. And, and that opens a, a whole can of worms, if you will, because, uh, I mean, we all have these benefits in our life that uh, help us, you know, get to where we are. So that's, that's fantastic. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I'm a strong believer that you can learn something new from anyone you meet. That is why every month I compile all the key learnings from this podcasting experience and summarize them in my monthly newsletter. I curate the resources we talk about, key learnings, books I'm currently reading, and give you recommendations on how to become a better Latino professional. You can sign up following the show notes or at latinoswhotech.com. Thank you. So they, they, they gave you the interview all in Facebook, Mexico City? Like the whole process, yeah, the, like my, the yeah, whiteboard yeah, yeah. and everything? Oh, everything. So the story was, my, my, my first time was, uh, the first time I saw the MPK campus was when I started working. I interviewed all in Mexico City. I don't know why yet. I, it, it seems very weird. My understanding from, from what I've been able to ascertain after I started working at Facebook, they were having a recruiting event. And so the recruiter thought it would be easier to fly me to Mexico than to fly me to the US. Right. And so that's why they, they decided to, to fly me to, to, to Mexico City. But yeah, I did my, my whiteboard interviews. So what is a Facebook recruiting event like 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 what you can share of course like uh... no i mean like, i i can tell you a lot of things uh they're not secret uh, i i didn't sign an nda for that one gotcha it's not apple it's not apple <laughs> <laughs> you know now that you mention it uh, i've never heard of an apple recruiting event that's interesting uh so the, the they ID... don't exist <laughs> they don't exist so uh, i have a friend that he actually got an and he got a, i won't say his name but he got an interview at apple and they you know, they gave him an address and a time to be there. And it was this nondescript building in downtown San Jose. Wow. And he was walking around looking for the entrance. And they're like, hey, are you so-and-so? We're expecting you. Come in. And Whoa. seven interviews back to back. Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're very secretive. Yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. and I, I could never work for them because that's not my... That's not my style. That's not my style. So, so. I, I, I agree with you. So your question was, sorry, I got this. So, so what's a Facebook recruiting event like? So it's, it was very interesting. So they, they, first of all, and something that I appreciate very much, they fly out the engineers. So the event had two stages. The first part was they had an, an actual event and they flew these amazing engineers from Instagram who were working on machine learning at the time. And they go through a presentation explaining how machine learning is used. At that time, they explained how machine learning was used at Instagram to run rank the post on your feed. And they go through this interesting technical explanation and trivia. And then after that, you have like a happy hour. So the engineers are there. You can talk to them. You can meet them. And the second part of the event, sorry, is the interview. So next day, they've already scheduled a bunch of interviews. So the people who are interviewing already know their interview. So something interesting that I think happened is I wasn't supposed to go to the meetup event because I was already interviewed. But the recruiter, for some reason, decided to invite me. And something very funny that happened is that night, I met all my interviewers for the next day. I didn't know who 
they were and they didn't know I was interviewing, but I met them all. So it, it brought funny anecdotes because the next day I was actually in one of my interviews and the interviewer said like, well, we would actually have this time to, so you can ask me questions, but we talked yesterday for like an hour. So do you have anything else you want to ask me? And I'm like, I mean, I could keep asking you questions forever, but not right now. <laughs> so so that, that happened. But those are our recruiting events. And I've been at recruiting events after that. And that's the idea. We, we, we try to share something with the community. Uh, we try to talk about the experience of what is like working at Facebook, but also uh, particularly when we're at industry events, because it's once you're in industry events, you want to talk about the things that are interesting to people that are working already versus when you're doing university recruiting in which people don't have that much experience and they're more worried about how do I get a job? What is expected to me right. so I can get a job? But we try to share like this technical information that is useful, that is interesting. And we don't make a secret of most of the things we do. So, so we're very open on that. So when you started that Facebook uh, working at, as a software engineer, can you walk me through like a day in the life of uh, well, your experience? So most of my time is spent working on code. That doesn't mean writing code. Like uh, something that we do as a software engineer is you, I mean, depending, of course, on seniority, very a very junior engineer has different expectations than super senior people, of course. But in the end, what it's about, it's about building stuff and building things that have an impact. It's something you'll hear on Facebook a lot is impact. How the work you're doing is changing for the better. Because if you're having negative impact, then, of course, we're not interested in that. Uh, so how things are changing for the better for our users, uh, for the company, for whatever you're trying to do, how, how are you making an impact? And so work always revolves around, for software engineering, how you use code and the surroundings of code to make an impact. So my day spent coding features. So I build the products that we work on. I am writing code that gets that product out of the door. I am also planning. Like, okay, what are we going to build next? How are we going to build next? For example, today I was sitting with my team's designer, my team's uh, product specialist, my product manager, uh, saying we want to build a new feature that I cannot talk about. No, of course not. But, but it's this idea that, you know, how can we make it better? How the users use it? How can we? And it's this collaborative process in which I'm bringing not only the engineering perspective, not only is this feasible in code, but also the experience of, okay, how can this work? How can we make it better? And then the designer says, like, we've talked to people and this is what they like. And then PM says, like, this is our roadmap. But in the end, the onus is on me to build it. I'm the actual, uh, of course, we're working teams. I'm, I'm oversimplifying this a little bit. But the onus is on the engineers to build it. So in the end, all this vision, all these things get distilled into how do we build this? And at a company as big as Facebook, something that happens is you're never building alone. And so now it's about how do you liaison with other teams? What do you need? Like yesterday, I had to walk to another engineer on another team and say, I need to put work on your workload, like when can I get an opening? It's a very collaborative process because the other engineer goes in and says like, yeah, I mean, I, have, I might have time in two weeks. Like, hey, what I need is this. Can we work together? How can I help you? How can you help me? And he just put something on his roadmap that is gonna unblock my progress so I can make a product better. That is most of my day. I'm also right now uh, mentoring people. I have an intern and I have three boot campers, which is new employees on the company that are ramping up. Yeah. And so that's the other part of my day, helping other people succeed at Facebook. And thank you for bringing the boot camp up because uh, last time I checked, there's this mandatory boot camp for all new engineers. And can you share a little bit about what yeah. is that about? And yeah, 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 sure. So we have this idea that started a long time ago. When Facebook grew, I think it was over 160 engineers. Somebody approached uh, Mark Zuckerberg and said, like, you know, I'm worried that our engineering culture is going to warp and deform and we're going to start having silos because yeah. 
if we keep hiring people and just dropping them into teams, uh, every team is going to slowly build up its own way of doing things, its own way. And we're going to lose this idea that we have one engineering culture, which is something we value very much at Facebook. This idea that we approach engineering similarly, regardless of where you are, how are you working? And so this person, I don't remember his name, but he said, what, what we're going to do is for the first six weeks of work, every engineer reports to me and we're going to train them into a standard process. And so this grew and we still do this. So when you join Facebook as any kind of engineer, either engineering manager or an engineer, like I, I've seen directors who haven't written code in 10 years go through bootcamp and they are writing code in bootcamp. It's amazing. And, and it's pretty interesting, but no matter how, how you join the company, if you are part of an engineering track, you go through bootcamp. And the NDA bootcamp is that you get this period of time to ramp up in the to understand how we write code, to understand what, how we use our tools, but also to understand the culture at Facebook because it's very different and it's very unique uh, and we both like it and we try to do a lot to protect it. This idea that this is an open space, we very much trust our people. And so information is open, is accessible. How do you do that? How do you reach out to others? Because it's not this siloed, like, okay, this is my silo. This is another silo. And this is another silo is we are all together. This is one single company. And there's actually something we say a lot that is, this is now your company. That, that's the motive for orientation. Uh, and so we want to do that. And so the idea is we give people time to ramp up without the pressure of I'm on my team. I need to produce. I need to be a good employee because obviously you are ambitious, but also there's pressure. And we isolate them from all that. And we say, we will join a team once you're ready. And we will make sure that you're ready. But if we're you're not ready, we're not leaving you there so you sink or swim. We want you to swim and we'll give you the time for you to learn to swim. And we'll give you classes. We will give you a mentor, which is my role in bootcamp. And we will make sure that you're having an experience that allows you to be, that sets you up for success versus just leaving it to each team and each manager to decide what success looks like. So, so it's, a, it's a pretty cool experience. So when you went to bootcamp and you had to select what team that you landed on, can you share with me what was that process like? I ended up in Instagram ads. My process is not a very good example. I, I go by feeling. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I met with... Like, we're Venezuelan, man. Like the, we go by feeling in a lot <laughs> yes, of things. Yes, we go by feeling in a lot of things. So I met a bunch of teams. And then I met my manager, an amazing, amazing, amazing guy called uh, Chris Hartley. And I fell in love with the team. I fell in love with the energy. I fell in love with the way he saw things. I had sworn that I wasn't going to work in ads once I joined Facebook. I said, like, like I'm, I'll do whatever, but I won't do ads. And ironically enough, that's where I ended up because the people are amazing. I literally, I talked to him. I spent two or three days meeting other people. And then I decided like, you know, this is what I want to do. So I told him like, hey, where can I start? And he said like, you can start right now. And I'm like, okay, no, no, wait, give me a week. I need to finish something in bootcamp. So, and he's like, sure, sure, sure. Uh, uh, and that's my process because I changed teams later. I'm no longer working on Instagram. Now I'm working on recruiting products. Uh, which is part of the team that builds the recruiting tools that recruiters use at Facebook to find people and bring people into the company. And that was my process the second time. I met my manager and I said, like, this is what I want. And I, I, I said, like, this is it. Let's, let's switch. Let's figure it out. Never say never. <laughs> never say never. Totally because, true. Uh, totally no, true. If you, if you had told me 10 years ago, Hugo, you're going to be working in Silicon Valley. Uh, this, like, no, come on. Like, uh, you would have told me that three years ago. And I, and I would have said to you, how? Like, sure, I'll believe it. How? I, I didn't believe it. I, 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 to me, it was uh, it was a surprise and it, and it was a, a great experience. But I, I would have believed it three years ago. 
So from your time working at ads, any stories, like uh, anything that, that is, do you have like a story of like a time that you learned something like a hardship that you took something positive away from it? Many, um, many, many, many stories about, you know, going through challenges, but there's probably my best story, and it, it, it always gets gasps from people, is the time I cost the company half a million dollars. Half a million dollars? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Why, uh, why are you still living here? <laughs> um, so the thing that happens when you work in ads is you we are responsible for the revenue for the company. But we're very strong on that. We are only going to take your money if we actually did what we promised we would do. And so what, what happened was uh, I made a mistake. I was writing code and I made a mistake. And the mistake meant that some ads were not showing correctly. And so the thing that happened is, so, so this is going on. And at some point I realized, I, I discovered I'm testing something else. And I discovered that this thing is not working correctly. And since it's not working correctly, what happened? And I realized that there's this bug and we have a process for reporting these kinds of things because of course you need to keep track of them. And, you know, I reported, I said, this is wrong. And then somebody says, okay, we need to figure out how many ads are affected. Okay, sure. Uh, and we need to figure out the revenue meaning of this. Sure. So I go in, I start, you know, running through data and then I start seeing the numbers and, and my heart dropped. I mean, it's, it's big. It, it was a significant thing. That, that day I was very much afraid I was going to be fired. And the most amazing thing happened, which was people rallied around you. Instead of being isolated, like, you know, you're toxic. Like you're, people said like, uh, you know, this happens. This is part of the cost of doing business. Because there's something that people don't realize, which is that the only way to make money is to build code. But building code is fallible. There's no such thing as a programmer that writes perfect code all the time. We do our best to reduce mistakes, but mistakes will happen. And so... What, what happened at that point is like, I mean, this was your mistake. Like, we've all been there. And I had this very nice experience with another engineer who approached me and said, you know, let me tell you my story of when I screwed up. And he's, a, he's an amazing engineer. He's very successful at Facebook. And so when he told me the story, I realized, like, this is not the end of the world. But, but what I learned, the first thing is that I broke it. But then I was also given the responsibility to fix it. It wasn't like, okay, you're no longer trustworthy. You know, stay away. It's like, okay, you broke it. Let's go and fix it. And it was like the process of fixing it, the process of learning. The fact that at no point, something that I realized is that at Facebook, we failed together. And that's very cool because at no point the failure became my failure. Like I made the mistake alone to it. I wrote the code that caused the problem. But when, when we were reviewing the situation, what happened? The point of it is not, oh, you did something wrong. It's how did we as a, as a group, as engineers, as an engineering organization, allow this to happen? How, because I made the mistake. But we could have caught it in many different stages. How did this mistake? And, and it takes it away from like, you are to blame into we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. Into let's make the code better. Let's make it better. And of course, I've never done anything like that again because you learn. You learn to be more careful. You learn that, that you need to right. be very precise with things like the ads code because it, it's an important thing. And it's complex because we offer many different products. So you cannot just make very essential. And so, so that was interesting to me because I came from small software companies before. And, and that was the first, unfortunately, the last time, the fact that our code base is just huge bit me. It completely bit me, I, but I learned my lesson. But what I learned most of all is this idea that I really still like. We're all on this together. We're, we're all rowing in the same direction. And something that we say a lot at Facebook, which I very much like, is nothing at Facebook is somebody else's problem. And I do believe we believe that. And I do believe we act on that.
That's fantastic. That's a fabulous story. And I love it every time you tell it because it's true. That sentiment that if it's okay to fail, it's a safe space. We will figure it out. We will fix it. And you learn the lesson and, and it's there. It's in the bug database. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it won't happen again. Like we know it. That, that's fantastic. You know, thank you for sharing that. No worries. No worries. Switching gears. Now you're in the recruiting side of things. Please tell my audience, how does a referral work? <laughs> A referral is a very simple process. A referral is a process in which somebody who already works at the company tells us, I believe this person's great and you should talk to them. Because what happens is very simple. We want to hire the best people and we're looking. We have a ton of recruiters. Like our recruiting org is huge because we're a company that is growing. We're a company that, are, that is hiring. But let's be honest, just in the United States, there's 300 million. If you go around the world, we're talking 8 billion people. There's no way we can go through all of them. It's humanly impossible. So what we do with referrers is, is just like you work at the company, so you understand the company, right? So who better than a person who works at the company, who understands the companies to tell us this person would be amazing, go talk to them. And so a referral is just that. It is an employee telling us, you know what? You should take a look at this person. And, and once you take a look at this person, I believe he, he or she would be an amazing, uh, you know, addition to the company. Now that I work in recruiting products, uh, we try to make sure that people get referred because it's one of our best sources of candidates. And we want uh, both our employees to refer and people also to ask for referrals. If you know someone, ask them like, hey, could you refer me? And then the, that person can go and say, you know, I met Ugo and Ugo is amazing. Why is he not working for us? Why is he working for the competition? This cannot continue. We need to get him to change sides. <laughs> and that's the point of referrals. Uh, and, of and it's that simple. Yeah. It's that simple. And it's and, about the culture. Like, uh, I mean, as you said, that if you work inside and you know that somebody that's outside can be a good fit, why not help them reach through that process of maybe there's a thousand people applying for this job. I want you to look at that person's resume. Yeah, and, and, and not only that there's a thousand people applying for that job, is that for most of our positions in, for example, at least in engineering, there's not even a competition. Like we're not, like where our company is growing so fast that the fact that we hired one person doesn't mean we're not gonna hire you. The fact of the matter is we're gonna hire that person, we're gonna hire you and we're gonna hire somebody else because we're growing. And, and as a company that is growing, what we're looking is to get you know, great people working. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing that because uh, it's uh, for us that we live in this bubble of Silicon Valley. For us, it's, it's very easy to understand it. And, and, and I really like that about being Latino that works here because I find that for us, you know what? Maybe I want a different challenge. Hey, Carlo, can I get a referral for like a, yeah, of course, I got you. And, and again, like, it will give you that door for the first interview. The rest is up to you. Of but, course. but guess what? I still have you as a coach yeah. and as a friend, as a mentor, and I can, you know, go seek your advice and everything. Yeah. So that culture of friendliness that we have among the Latinos here in the Valley I, is precious. I really treasure it. Yeah. But, but I also think that the fact of the matter is people can, it is possible. The thing is knocking on the door sometimes and sometimes is also finding the opportunity and the valor to knock on the door. And I think that that's something that happens to us a little bit is that sometimes we believe we're not good enough. Sometimes we think that it's not sufficient. Sometimes you say like, I mean, really me there? Like, no. And it's like, why not? Um, many people I know are supremely smart 
and they failed the interview more than once, and yet they're still here. Uh, and, and so I think that a lot of it is just going in and saying like, hey, maybe you will fail, whatever. But if you don't apply, you fail. So there's a difference. Uh, you could say like, hey, I can risk succeeding or I can just accept failing because not applying is just, it's the same thing as not, like if you apply and you are not accepted is exactly the same thing as you not applying. So in, act- in reality, if you apply, what you're risking is a better outcome. You're not risking anything negative. The negative is given. So, so yeah, I, 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 I do think that we should, yeah. People should take advantage of the opportunities they get uh, to, to try to go for it. Can you tell me a bit about the diversity at Facebook? Like uh, working as a, you know, you're an immigrant, you're Venezuelan, and uh, just like uh, ERGs, the support groups inside, like, uh, because uh, as a community, you know, I find that we need that like extra bit of support. Just like, uh, my, my, this is my thing. So when I went, whenever I started working at a new team, there's something about having somebody that I can speak Spanish with that makes me just feel more welcome. You know, so like, uh, what does that look like uh, for you? What has been your experience at, at Facebook? The most interesting part is I've never to I've never been made to feel other. Uh, like, yeah, I'm 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 Venezuelan. I'm proud of it. I'm Latino. I'm proud of it. But it's never relevant, and I love it in the sense that during my day to day work, it's completely unimportant. It's completely unimportant. Uh, the fact that I am. Latino. There is a great Latino community in, in Facebook. There's a Facebook supports several employee uh, resource groups for LGBTs, African Americans, Asian Americans, Latinos. And so there's this group, Latin Act, which is huge. And they do events for Latinos. We do recruiting events. We do internal events. There's a summit in October that they organize. Uh, this is supported by, you know, very senior people in the company, which is also very uh, amazing. And so you can always go there. And then you also, it, it's funny, you find people in the strangest of places. Uh, I remember boot camping with one, uh, one Latino engineer. Uh, uh, he's from Colombia. And it was an interesting experience because you find people who look like you, people who talk like you. Uh, most of the time I don't speak Spanish at work because it's like if you're speaking Spanish with a coworker, then the Chinese person who is also part of the team is excluded. Of course. And so what we try to do is I don't speak Spanish that often at work, but it's not because I don't want to. It's more because this idea that we want to include everyone. Mm-hmm. So if I'm speaking Spanish, then an Asian who does not speak Spanish is excluded. If they start speaking in, in Hindi or in Chinese, then right. I'm excluded. And what we try to do is this idea that since we're all together in this let's mm-hmm. uh, let's use our common language and the common right. language is english of course gotcha. but or python or javascript or like whatever like, no i mean i'm kidding in that sense sorry php php i know no 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 not anymore we use hack we don't use php we use hack. i'm gonna set the record straight okay please facebook was written in php like what 14 years ago but we moved away from php and now we use a language that is called Hack. Hack is derived from PHP because like our code base was PHP. Mm-hmm. And so you cannot just throw millions and millions of lines of code. But Hack is type safe. Hack has consistent semantics. Hack, so Hack has like Hack is a very good programming language and it's different from PHP. Like, let me put it this way. I write Hack code every day. You put me in front of PHP and I have no idea what I'm writing. It's the same thing that you take somebody who writes Java and you put them in front of JavaScript. Yeah. Like, yeah, they have curly braces. They kind of look the same, but they're completely different. So <laughs> so Hack is better. I'm sorry. I have to defend that no, one. No, no, please, please. No, thank you. And, and 
and I, lo I love the passion that, that you bring into work, man. Like, it's, it's awesome, man. Uh, Facebook sounds like an amazing place to, I to, really be, like uh, to be and I really like be it. part of. So any parting words for our audience? You know, a lot of them are STEM students studying computer science, double E, computer engineering, and they want to work in tech. And my, my first advice, go for it. Fail. It's better than fail trying than by fail by not trying. The second thing I would do is, you know, it's a process. Like I got into a tech company, like in, I got at Facebook at 29 years old. During my first 10 years, 10 years, nine years of professional life, I worked at no name company. Like I can list them. Nobody knows where they are. Even if you Google them, I don't know if they would be in the first page of the Google search results. <laughs> so it's not something that might happen immediately, but it's something you build up to. And my last parting words, since there's people here that might be interested in applying and working at a tech company, I'm going to do a plug and I apologize. Please, no, but, no, no. Uh, Facebook.com slash careers and apply, please. Uh, Amazing. We'll put that in the show notes. People can, uh... <laughs> but yeah, like, like it's, I mean, it's a really great place to work. I really like it. Amazing. Carlo, thank you so much. Thank you, Hugo.